0: Hey, if you got your Bibles with you, and I hope you do, go ahead and grab those. Uh, I heard a story one time of a of a man, young man now, uh, who never told his mother that he loved her, and uh, it wasn't until later in his life that he realized that, uh, you know, he actually did love his mother very much, and he regretted not telling her. So this Mother's Day, he decided that he was going to do that. That he was going to tell his mother for the first time, Mom, I love you. His his mom was older now. Uh, She was a widow. Uh, Her husband had passed away just a few years prior. But she still worked as a school teacher. Um, So the son decided that one day after school, that he was going to stop by her house and, and tell her that he loved her. So he got some flowers He uh, got some chocolate candies, and he went up to her house, his mom's house, rang the doorbell, and she opened the door. Well, he immediately starts singing this Rod Stewart song. Anybody know who Rod Stewart is? The guy that speaks Australian, but he sings English, right? Uh, Have I told you lately that I love you? I'm not going to sing it, but he starts singing that, and his mom immediately starts crying, crying. Starts bawling. And then she slaps him. (laughs) And he was just shocked. He didn't know why she did that. And he just said, Mom, why did you do that? She said, I've had the worst day ever. She said, the kids were horrible at school. And then I come home, and there's this huge water leak underneath the sink. And now my son shows up drunk. Hey, happy Mother's Day (laughs) to you. (laughs) If you are blessed to still have your mom around, uh, make sure you tell her that you love her today, okay? Make sure that you do that. Um, I am so blessed to have uh, a wonderful mother. Uh, She's great. I also had two wonderful grandmothers on both sides of my family. So throughout my life, God has sort of surrounded me with these mother figures, these great mother figures, and they have invested so much into my life. And honestly, I would not be here, standing here today, if it were not for them. They taught me so much, and they molded me sort of into the person that I am today. Uh, This morning, we're going to be talking about a great woman found in the Bible, and her name is Hannah. Now, the Bible only mentions Hannah just a couple of times in 1 Samuel. But what we find in Hannah's life is a truly remarkable story, and I want to sort of walk through that with you this morning. In 1 Samuel, we're given this sort of snapshot of Hannah's life. And there's one thing we know about life. We all know this that it's a journey, isn't it? Um, life is a cycle. You'll experience times of joy, you'll experience times of sadness. There'll be times when you're extremely happy, there'll be times when you are mad. There'll be times when you will be treated good, and then other times you'll be treated bad. There are times when everything you do goes, seems to go right. And then there are other times where everything that you do goes wrong. Any given day you can find yourself feeling different, than the way you did before. You can find yourself dealing with issues, struggling with problems that you're not used to dealing with. And I just want to tell you how you deal with those days, how you deal with those problems when the cycle changes over, is very important. Because problems are real. Problems are a very... Uh, real thing there are a reality in our lives but I want to tell you this morning too that God specializes in turning problems into purpose God specializes in taking our problems and giving us a purpose as we read about Hannah we get some important lessons from her life how she dealt with her problems that she faced right What she did in her life when times got tough. And then we also learned the type of woman that she became in this whole process. And so I invite you to follow along with me in your Bibles. The verses will be on the screen as well in 1 Samuel chapter 1. First of all, the first lesson that we learn from Hannah as I introduce this is Hannah had real problems. She had real problems. Now, Hannah is married to a guy named Elkanah. And this period in Hannah's life takes place during the time of Judges. So if you find the book of Judges in your Bible in the Old Testament, this period in Hannah's life takes place sort of near the end of the Judges' period. Verse number 2. He, that is Elkanah, had two wives. One was called Hannah and the other Peninnah. Peninnah had children, but Hannah had none. Now, seems to me that Elkanah had problems too, right? He had two wives and not just one. I'm sorry, that was bad. On Mother's Day, I apologize. Uh, So, this story takes place during a time when it was culturally acceptable for a man to have multiple wives. Now, even though it was culturally acceptable... It was never acceptable to God. This was never part of God's original design of one man, one woman for one lifetime, right? And any time throughout the Bible when you read of uh, multiple wives in marriages, there's always problems, always issues going on. But Hannah's problem was very real to her. She couldn't have children. Now, I just want to say... I know there may be some of you out there in the same, uh, dealing with the same issues as Hannah. And I've thought about you this week. I've, I've prayed for you. And uh, what I can tell you with absolute confidence is that God loves you. God does love you. And I pray that somehow God would uh, speak to you through this message today. So moving on, uh, verse 6. Because the Lord had closed Hannah's womb her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. Now, on top of Hannah not being able to have children, the other wife who could and did have children taunted her, teased her, provoked her, made Hannah's life Miserable. Hannah was doing bad enough, right? It was bad enough knowing that she couldn't bear children, but the constant insults from inside the home would have just made the situation worse. Each time the family would get together for dinner, Hannah would have to go through this. Think about this. Constant turmoil within the home and within the marriage and it says that this went on year after year. Hannah harbored this problem. She faced this problem for a very long time. And what I believe is that she was actually battling depression. It says that she would not eat. Right? The, the problems, the issues in her life had gotten to the point where it was affecting her in a very negative way. Hannah's problems were real. Well, what did Hannah do with her problem? The next lesson we learn from Hannah's life is that she went to the Lord in prayer. Hannah went to the Lord in prayer. Verse 9. Once when they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, which is where they went to uh, make the sacrifices, Hannah stood up. Now, I just want to pause right there. Now, this really stood out to me, the fact that Hannah stood up. This had been going on for a long time, and and I believe that Hannah had reached the point where she had enough. So she stood up. Right, and let's read on and see how this plays out. Now, Eli the priest was sitting on his chair by the doorpost of the Lord's house. In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. And she made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery... And remember me, and not forget your servant, but give her a son. Then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life. And no razor will ever be used upon his head. So Hannah went inside the tabernacle to pray, which would have been unusual for women to do during this time period. But Hannah had a very real problem. And she had gotten to the point where she was desperate So desperate that as she prayed, she made a a vow that if the Lord gave her a son, she would give that son back to the Lord. And she took this vow a step further. She said, Lord, if you give me a son, I will not allow a razor to touch his head. This is what's known as the Nazarite vow. These guys were the most devout people around. They would be similar to what we would think as monks. So you see, she's not only saying, Lord, I will give my son back to you, but I will make him a devout person to serve you. So she made some pretty big promises to the Lord. Verse 12. As she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart, and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk and said to her, How long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your wine. Not so, my Lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of my anguish and grief. So the lesson that we learn from Hannah is that she took her problem And she gave it to the Lord. Now, she didn't just drop a line to God. She didn't just say a quick 30-second prayer and move on. Out of the text, we see that Hannah prayed with passion. She prayed passionately. She prayed specifically, right? She prayed a long time. And I want you to, to know that she unloaded her problem inside that tabernacle, and she gave her problem completely to God. It says that she poured out her soul. You know? She had had enough waiting for her problems to get better. She gave up hoping that the situation would fix itself. She gave up hoping that somebody else, maybe her husband perhaps, would fix the situation for her. She gave all that up. She stood up from the table, and she said, I've had it. I give up. I cannot deal with this problem any longer. So she prayed. and She gave her problem to the Lord, and she gave all of it. Verse 17. Eli answered, go in peace, and may the God of Israel grant what you have asked of him. She said, may your servant find favor in your eyes. Then she went her way and ate something, and her face was no longer downcast. Now after seeing that Hannah genuinely was praying and not drunk, Eli, the priest, offered some encouragement to Hannah, and he also offered to pray for her as well. Now I want you to notice something extremely important here. After Hannah prayed, after she poured out her soul to the Lord and unloaded her problem completely, it says her face was no longer downcast. Now her prayer had not been answered yet. But giving her problem completely to the Lord made all the difference in her life. It, it changed her. Her face was no longer downcast, and, and guess what? She was able to eat again. The, the burden that she had been carrying around for such a long time had been, had been lifted. She was a completely different person. She felt better. She, she felt restored after pouring her problems out to the Lord. Listen, there's no better place for your problems to be than in the hands of Almighty God. If the Lord can hold the universe together, surely He could hold your problems. If He could hold the stars in place, He can hold the troubles of your heart. There's something about pouring your problems, pouring your frustrations, pouring things going on in your life out to the Lord completely. That's what Hannah did. She took her problem and she gave it to the Lord. And then next we see that Hannah received the Lord's provision. Hannah received the Lord's provision. Verse 19. Early the next morning, they arose and worshipped before the Lord and then went back to their home at Ramah. Elkanah made love to his wife, Hannah, and the Lord remembered her. So in the course of time, Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, saying, because I asked the Lord for him. Now, I want you to picture this with me. There is an obvious change that takes place here in this section of Scripture. The mood is completely different. After praying to the Lord, Hannah worshipped with her husband. They worshipped together. There is a sense of love back in the home. Hannah and Elkanah love each other and are intimate together. Now, this sounds completely different than when the story starts out, doesn't it? All the tension that's in the household, the problems, the strife, all that is lifted. Listen, that's what happens when a problem is left in the hands of the Lord. The Lord restored love to the household. Now, not only did the Lord restore peace and provide love in the home, but we see that the Lord actually provided Hannah with a son, and she named him Samuel. Now, allow me to say this this morning. God doesn't always give us what we pray for every time that we pray. Even for good things. You might be uh, in a season where you are like Hannah, and you are praying for a child. You might be praying for a job, right? Or you might be praying for... Uh, better health, whatever that may be. God doesn't always give us exactly what we ask for every time we pray. I can remember, it uh, seemed like it was just a couple years ago, but it was a long time ago. I needed some work. I needed a job. And so uh, I applied for a, uh, a job as a pharmaceutical sales rep. I had always wanted to be one of those for some reason. And it was a very well-known company, well-known company called Pfizer. And so I got a call one day, went through a phone interview, went great. Got another call, went through a second interview, went great. Got a third call, went through a third interview. So by this time, I'm like, wow, this is happening. The third interview went great. So I got a fourth call and says, hey, we're very interested in you. We want you to fly up to Washington, D.C., and we want to interview you in person. I'm like, whoa, this, is, this blows my mind. This is crazy. So, they pay for the flight, they pay for the hotel room, they pay for the taxi, uh, and, and they even give me some spending money for some food up there. Well, when I get to, to Pfizer up in Washington, I'm immediately met by security, and the security will not let me in the building. And, I, and obviously, I'm confused. I'm like, wait, hold on, you know, I've got an interview here. You guys called me, <laughs> you know? Um... I'm sorry, sir, you're not on the list. You absolutely cannot go in. And so they turned me away. After doing some complaining and some, you know, I, I really didn't understand. I'm like, hey, wait a minute, you guys called me. Not only that, but you you paid for my trip up here? You did this. They turned me away. And so I went back home. And a lot of questions went around in my mind, like, why, you know? Why did this happen? I had prayed over this. I had thought, surely this is the answer to my prayer. Two months later, I saw on the news that Pfizer had laid off 2,000 employees. And the vast majority of those were pharmaceutical sales reps. So you see, God didn't necessarily answer my prayer in the way that I wanted. But he was taking care of me. He provided for me. God doesn't answer our prayers the way we want them every time we pray. But here's something that God always does. I will say this to you this morning. God always provides. God always provides. He gives provision each and every time you pray. Now, the provision might come in the form of what you're asking for, right? Like Hannah. But the provision may look completely different than what you thought. The provision may come in a different form. Instead of giving you what you ask for, God may provide you with peace about a situation. God may provide you with the wisdom to make the next decision in your situation, right? Or God may provide you with the strength and endurance to stay in the situation you're dealing with. God provides each and every time. The point I'm trying to make with all that is if you honestly unload your problems to the Lord, He will provide. He will provide. And in Hannah's case, the Lord provided her with peace. He restored love to her home and He provided her with a son. So, life was good for Hannah, right? This could easily be the happily ever after. This could be the end of the story for Hannah. But it wasn't. That's not what happened. We see next that Hannah honored the Lord and kept her promise. Hannah honored the Lord and kept her promise. Remember, as, as Hannah prayed, right, she made this vow to give her son back to the Lord. Verse 24, after he was weaned, she took the boy with her, young as he was, along with a three-year-old bull and an epa of flour and a skin of wine, and brought him to the house of the Lord at Shiloh. When the bull had been sacrificed, they brought the boy to Eli. And she said to him, Pardon me, my Lord. As surely as you live, I am the woman who stood here beside you, praying to the Lord. I prayed for this child, and the Lord has granted me what I asked of him. So now I give him to the Lord. For his whole life, he will be given over to the Lord. And he, that is Samuel, he worshiped the Lord there. Now, just think about this for a moment. Hannah had this tremendous desire deep down in her heart to be a mother, didn't she? To to have a son. Having a son to call her own was one of the most important things in her life. But ultimately, who was the most important? The Lord. The Lord was the most important thing in her life. And she desired to honor the Lord by following through with her commitment. Now this shows true devotion from Hannah. It shows that her faith and her love in the Lord was real, as real as her problem was. Nothing honors the Lord than faithful obedience. Nothing honors the Lord more than faithful obedience. The Lord gave Hannah the greatest desire of her heart and Hannah was faithful and gave her son back to the Lord. Think about that. In the midst of her greatest blessing, the thing that she wanted most in her life, she was given. Hannah honored the Lord. Now, There's one more lesson that we can learn from Hannah before we finish. Hannah became a woman of praise. Through through all this in her life, Hannah became a woman of praise. Now, I want you to think about how hard this might have been for Hannah. Think about how difficult it would have been to give up something that you had longed for for such a long time. She had thought about it over and over again. Year after year, she had hoped for this. She desired to have a son, and now the son was finally with her, right? And now she had to give her son up. She could have easily went into depression, right? She could have fell back into the state she was previously. She could have said, why God, right? She could have questioned why she was going through this Uh, depression again she could have said well God I know I prayed but I was just in a really bad situation I wasn't in my right mind I was emotional she could have come up with excuse after excuse but she didn't do that she didn't do that I want you to look at chapter 2 in first Samuel after Hannah gave her son back to the Lord verse 1 then Hannah prayed and said my heart rejoices in the Lord In the Lord my horn is lifted high. My mouth boasts over my enemies. For I delight in your deliverance. There is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. That's extremely inspiring to me and encouraging. Despite giving up something so important to her, Hannah became a a woman of praise. She had seen God's provision. She had seen God's goodness and love. She had seen God's sovereignty demonstrated in her own life, and she had been a recipient of God's mercy and compassion. She was overwhelmed, and she realized how blessed that she was, so she praised the Lord. What a magnificent story in Hannah's life. Life. I think think that we all can learn something from Hannah's life. I know this is Mother's Day, but I think all of us can sort of learn something from the lessons here. And we've talked about a lot of things, but the, the big truth that I want you to grasp before you leave here today is real people with real problems can find fulfillment and purpose in a real God. All right? Real people with real problems can find purpose and fulfillment in a real God. Now, the past couple weeks, we've been talking about God. We've been talking about how big God is and how small God is as he relates to each one of us. In other words, God, the creator of the universe, still desires a personal relationship with each one of you. And part of, of a personal God means that he's interested in your personal problems. You see, it's a reciprocal relationship. You're personal with God, and He's personal with you. God wants us to turn to Him during times of hardship. Now, I know that, that God uses friends, God uses uh, loved ones to sort of uh, counsel us during tough times, maybe to get us through, but God still wants us to involve Him, ultimately, ultimately. God wants us to turn to Him. Not movies, not books, not magazines, not the internet. Not a doctor necessarily. All those are, you can find help in just about anywhere you look. But if you're going to those places and you're not turning to God, you're not doing what He wants you to do. God wants you to turn to Him during times of hardship. And God uses challenges in our lives, difficult times, to draw us closer to Him and to make us better overall. God can take a problem and turn it into a purpose, right? Do you see what happened to Hannah as we've laid out her life? Do you see the change that took place in her life? Through her problem, through God's involvement in her life, she ultimately became closer to the Lord in the end. She grew closer through this whole situation in her life. That's what God wants to do in us. That's what God wants to do in you. Bring us closer to him. He wants us to take our problems to him and he will offer us both fulfillment and and purpose in that. And so with that big truth in mind, there are some practical steps that we can take. Step one is be real about your problems and give them to the Lord. Be real about your problems and give them to the Lord. What problems are you facing what challenges are you dealing with right now at this moment in your life? Man, we're so good at, at pretending. We're so good on pretending to be somebody else. Pretending that we are living out a different life. Pretending that our problems don't exist. We put on our church clothes and our church face, right? We have to be real about problems. We have to be real about our problems. We can't pretend they're not there because they are. Think about the opportunity you're missing out on God growing you. Think about the opportunity that somebody else is missing out by by seeing how God takes you through a season in your life. That's not good. It's not good for you, and it's not good for others. Present your problems to God through prayer. Don't put them off. Be real about them and deal with them. Pour yourself out to God. Like Hannah, you can find comfort in in simply just knowing that your entire situation, that bag, that weight that you have on your shoulders, you can just take off and leave with God. And your problem may still exist, but your face could no longer be downcast. You don't have to let the problem wreck your life because your plan is in the hands of Almighty God. And whatever He decides next, you can be good with because that is His will. And His will is good and His purposes are good for you. So be real about your problems and give them to the Lord. Step two, honor the Lord with what He has provided to you. Honor the Lord with what He has provided to you. Realize... That God is the provider. Realize God's provision. God will always provide. He may not give you the exact thing that you're asking for, but God will provide for you. Honor the Lord by being faithful and obedient. Look at how Hannah honored the Lord. She honored the Lord by keeping her promise, even when it was challenging. Even when it was tough, even when it was the most impossible decision of her life, she chose to honor the Lord. And listen to me, truth is, God has already provided us with so much. If we are to look back on our lives, we can see God's provision if we're intentional about looking. God has always provided for us. How can you honor the Lord with your life? What do you need to give back to the Lord, right? That He has already given to you, just like Hannah. What area of your life do you need to let God have? Honor the Lord with His provision. Step number three, offer praise continually and consistently. Offer praise continually and consistently. Be known as a person of praise. You ever uh, talk to somebody that's like that? That just is praising God all the time? Instead of being known as a complainer, right? Be known as a worshiper. Praise God for who He is and what He has already given to you. There's something very special about a person who praises God through the good times and the bad times, because that person says, God, I will praise you no matter what, because you were God and you were good. And you have already given me so much that I don't deserve. And think about this, and I'm getting ready to close. Despite everything that's going on in this world, Jesus Christ is still Lord, Jesus Christ is still Savior. And if you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ, then you have every reason in the world to offer praise. Are you thankful for Jesus this morning? Don't let challenges, don't let problems steal that praise. Don't let challenges or problems steal your joy. If Jesus stood in your place on the cross, he could stand by your side through your problem. Be a person of praise because the Lord deserves it. He's deserving of our praise no matter what happens to us. Real people with real problems can find fulfillment and purpose in a real God. In this life, in this world, it doesn't matter if you're old or if you're young, you will face problems. They will come. But we have a God who can handle anything. God can take your problems and turn them into purpose for your good and his glory. Hannah's son, Samuel, went on to be a great prophet. And God would use him in ways uh, that would usher in the first kingdom of Israel. And Hannah herself went on to have five other children on top of that. I want you to imagine with me this morning what God can do in your life. Would you consider doing what Hannah did? Would you consider taking a stand? Standing up from the table. Say, I've had enough of putting this off. I've had enough on waiting for this to get better. I've had enough of hoping somebody else would solve my problem. Will you stand up? Imagine what God can do with your life. Give your problems over to Him. Honor the Lord with what He has provided to you. And watch, watch how much you will be blessed and fulfilled. Watch how God can turn your problem into a purpose. Let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we do praise you this morning. We thank you for being uh, an almighty, all-powerful, and sovereign God, but yet an intimate and personal God to us. And we thank you this morning for the fact that Through Jesus Christ, we not only have a relationship with you, but we have the Spirit to help us live by. You go with us everywhere we go. You never leave us. And that's so encouraging and helpful to know that through the darkest times, through the deepest valleys, you never leave us. You're always there with us. And you desire to be there for us during difficult times, through times of trouble. You desire for us to grow in our relationship with you. And you desire our lives to bring you glory. So, Father, this morning, I pray for those dealing with challenges and difficulties. I know that you see them. I pray that those people would be real about their problems, that they wouldn't be artificial. Because, Father, you use problems to bring us closer to you. You use problems to mold us and to chisel us into who you want us to be. So Father, may we bring those problems to you. And may we do like Hannah, and just completely give our problem over to you, and not carry it around. Father, may we look back on our lives, and see how you've provided for us. How good you were to us, even when we didn't deserve it. And may we this morning be people of praise, because of Jesus Christ. We are to praise His holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.